With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, welcome to Forest Focus. Something very different today as we meet a Forest fan who's turned her love of the Reds into her university thesis on why Nottingham Forest are magic. Joining me to tell us more about why and what she's learned, as well as her thoughts on the season so far, is Reds fan Ruby Naylor. Ruby, good afternoon. How are you? Hello, good afternoon. I'm doing all right. How are you? Uh, good. Well, we were talking uh, about going to the dentist beforehand. So, yeah, <laughs> I've got through it. So, yeah, I'm OK. Looking forward to the day ahead now, having got that uh, out of the way. Um this is really different to what we normally do. We normally talk about match action and stuff like that. And we do have, you know, fan guests on, but nothing academic um, uh, featured really. So before we get into that, tell us a bit about yourself um, and then a bit about what you're studying. Yeah. Um, so I am half American, half English, which is why my voice is like this. People usually think I'm Welsh or Dutch, which is like super specific. I've gotten South African a lot as well, which... I don't know why, but um, that plays a lot into the whole forest thing. My dad is from Nottingham and grew up just right outside the city. Um, and my mom is from New Jersey, but she's but my grandma's Italian, but I don't claim to be the whole thing because I don't speak Italian. So people expect, uh, anyway, um, yeah, I'm in my last year of university at NYU or New York University, which is in New York City, near Washington Square Park. Um, I study um, politics, broadcast journalism, and Spanish with a concentration in sports media. So it's a long, drawn-out thing. But ultimately, sports media is what I do. Thesis is um, specifically, like, my research question for it was um, looking into the uniqueness of small city English football culture and then using Forest, um, like, as a case study for that, which is why I'm focusing on, like, the uniqueness of Forest and... Um, why it's so integral in people's lives because in the states it's not something that people understand like people support liverpool and man united because they like the players because rooney was fantastic or arsenal because of the invincibles and everything like that but you don't have like the inherent like tie to it like my biggest tie back to nottingham despite spending most of my life in america is the fact that i'm a forest fan and it like has made my dad and i closer and whatnot so it's trying to show um trying to explain how unique the sports culture specifically with football is in the UK. So what's your forest story then? You kind of hit on it there. Is it your dad uh, and, and just him or is, is it a whole family of forest fans on that side that's got you into it? Yeah, whole family of forest fans. Um, my cousins, um, cousins-in-laws, everybody's a forest fan. To marry into the family, you had to be a forest fan. <laughs> Not actually, but... Um, <laughs> Interestingly, though, my grandpa, who I didn't get to meet, but he was a Derby fan. Um, but all my dad and his brothers are all Forest fans because they grew up in Nottingham. So it kind of converted my dad into a Forest fan. Like he got them season tickets and they used to go all the time when my dad was young. But there's a little bit of Derby in there, but nobody talks about it. It's hidden in the past. 
So did you, uh, did you get to go to games as a kid? What age did you move to the States before, before um, you kind of missed out on games? No, I was born in the States. Um, only mm. live, I was born in California in a um, mm. like beachy area of LA. And then we moved to New Jersey. And then mm. I only, uh, I lived in London longer than anywhere else um, for about six months. Um, uh, and mostly I've just like holidayed here. It's never been like a holiday though, but I've done like, Usually it's months at a time I've spent here when we have had breaks off school and stuff like that. Um, but what was I going to say? Yeah. So what was the specific question? Sorry. Going to games as a kid, because one yeah. of the things I'll ask you about is the difference between being a fan stateside. We have loads of viewers and listeners from around the world, obviously America, Australia, New mm -hmm. Zealand, uh, Europe. And I think it's interesting. That I get to go to games, but those fans don't. And how you find that, that split between actually supporting a team from far away versus getting to go to games. I know you've been to some games since you've been over mm -hmm. here. Yeah, I did. The first game I went to, I was seven and we won one nil. I don't, nobody in my family seems to remember who we played. I certainly don't. My dad doesn't, but I was sitting on like my uncle's lap, my uncle Rob, and we scored and like he obviously jumped up and I just shot forward into like the rows <laughs> in front of me. So that's my core memory from that game. I don't remember much. Um, it wasn't, it didn't like, I will admit, I wasn't, at, like some people will say, oh, the second I went to the city ground, I was hooked at seven. I was like, okay, you know, I was like, cool, like fun, whatever. But it wasn't until I got a little older, I like, that I started to like appreciate it as I played more and realized how talented you ha actually had to be to get to Forest, let alone the Premier League. Um, but yeah, so I did go to matches as a kid. Um but yeah, my core memory is just shooting into the rows in front of me in Upper Bridgeford. <laughs> yeah, I took my kids too early, I think. My daughter, um, I said this on here recently, she's 10 and now she's getting into it. And I think probably that's a better age than I took them at like four and six. And they were like, yeah. can we go at half time? Can I take you play on my Nintendo? Stuff like that. So it's better they're into it now. Um, what about the academic aspects of it all then? What are you hoping to learn and hoping to demonstrate. He's mentioned it's kind of the difference between American sports culture and English sports culture. Is that the big thing, basically? Yeah, definitely. I, I saw a quote one time that was something like, um, Americans are customers, Europeans are fans, or something like that. And that really is true. Like, I will go to American football games, and it's all about the theatrics, you know what I mean? Like, the steam comes out, and the music is on, and on the billboards, it, like, tells you to stand and cheer. You're not just doing it as you go. Like, it will say, everybody cheer now. And I'm like, aren't you just supposed to, like, cheer when you get excited and you want to? But it really is, like that you're there and they like want you to feed into the entertainment aspect of it rather than the sports. Like the whole thing for me too, is like the adverts in American sports as well. Drive me insane. You will be like at an American football game. Like for example, I went to MetLife not too long ago for a giants game and it will say like commercial break in progress. And like the play is stopped. The players are just standing around talking so that there can be commercials on the TV. And it just, I'm like, what? You're not, like you watch more of like the advertisements than you do of the actual gameplay. And it just is not, I cannot sit through it. It's so difficult. I will, um, I will go to the games in person because I think live is very different than on TV, but I will not sit through an American football game like on TV. And I get a lot of people like when I'm back here in the UK, like ask me, oh, like American football, I like to watch X team. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I know who Noah Brown is because he went to my high school. He's an NFL, NFL player. But 
I couldn't tell you anything. Um, Eli Manning, because he was big in for the New York Giants when I was growing up. But it's just it's just very different. You feel very disconnected from the fan, from the players and the team itself. Like here, obviously, like like Steve Cooper, formerly, obviously, um, would just walk on like my cousins. We'd see him like at like the Griffin, just out eating lunch. Like my cousin works for Benjamin's real estate agency. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I'm sorry. That's fine. Um, <laughs> coffee shop right near where she worked. And he would go in there like once or twice a week and get a coffee. And she'd just be like, hi, Steve, how are you doing today? And he'd be like, I'm all right. How are you? Like, there's not that aspect, like, in the States. Like, they are celebrities, like, through and through, you know? And so I guess what I want to demonstrate in that, like, this is a family. Like, you have a connection to anybody who supports Forrest, you know? But you don't have a connection to anybody who supports the New York Giants. And, like, when you think of Nottingham, or if I tell somebody, like, my family's from Nottingham, it's, like, Robin Hood and then Forrest. But if I tell somebody I live in New York City, it's not New York Giants or New York Jets, you know? It's not ingrained in like who everybody is here in Nottingham. And it's not ingrained in like the city itself, like it is in the UK. Mm. What do your American friends think about supporting Forest? Until recently, I guess, being outside the Premier League, it probably wasn't as world worldwide known as it is now. But what do your American um, you know, mates think about you supporting Forest? Do they get it or not? No, when I was younger, actually, I couldn't say I was Nottingham Forest fan, not because I was like embarrassed that would be ridiculous because nobody knew what I was talking about if I said that like except like all my football academy coaches growing up were all British um I had a Scottish one for a long time uh English one for a long time as well and they always knew who Forrest was so I would like talk to them about it a little bit but if you if I said I was Nottingham Forest fan people look at me like I was crazy so I'd be like I like to watch Man United because I used to love Wayne Rooney at, I was a kid and I get controversy like that a lot they're like oh like you're a plastic fan or whatever I'm like Wayne Rooney played for England. Like, even right now today, I really like Luke Shaw as a player. He plays for England. I'm an England fan. I don't see a problem with it. And if you do, I apologize. But Wayne Rooney was fantastic. One of our best players of all time, England-wise, of course. So I used to say I enjoy watching Man United. And then I would immediately go, oh, yeah, like, I know Man United. David Beckham, like, Cristiano Ronaldo, ha, ha, And I'd be like, yeah, that's the one. So that's the only way I could talk to somebody about football in America is if, like, I mentioned the big six team. Um, so that kind of stunk until a couple of years ago. And now anytime I say Nottingham Forest, everybody knows what I'm talking about. Like at my university, I'm the director of communications for like a, um, a sports like society club thing. And every meeting I'll draw like the tricky tree on the like whiteboard before we start the meeting. And somebody's always like, who drew the forest badge? But like, if I did that 10 years ago, everyone would be like, what's that silly tree with the stars, you know? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 
Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. What's your take on Forest as a football club then? You've kind of talked about that family aspect. Do you Mm -hmm. think that they're certainly different to American clubs from what you're saying? Do you think they're different to certain English clubs as well that aren't like as massive as, say, Arsenal or Liverpool or Man United. Is there a distinction there? Yeah, 100%. I think even just looking at last season itself, a lot of the reason that we stayed up, or it's accredited to the city ground, and obviously our away record was not good, but our home record, we had that span of a bunch of um, like undefeated in a row just at the city ground. And like we beat Liverpool last there, last year there, um, uh, tied Man City, beat Arsenal. Like it is a fortress, and I think that's so unique. Like we haven't fed into like the soulless ball idea at all. Like the city ground is still where it was. Um, obviously, um, Trent Ed has changed. They've added. Um, They've changed like the names of certain ends throughout the year and whatnot, but it's stayed like the the like the key aspects of it are what it's needed to be. And um I think that's a massive part of like the uniqueness of Forest itself. And another thing that I'm I'm gonna touch on before as well is like Nottingham Forest is so integral into like the Shire itself. Like if you tried to take it out, it would not there would be riots in the street. I mean, like everybody saw how everybody filtered into Market Square when we got promoted, like the exact opposite of that would happen if they tried to move Forest. But in the States, you can move like, like the Brooklyn Nets, for example, were the New Jersey Nets when I was really little. And then it became the Brooklyn Nets. If you tried to move, like, obviously that's state to state. If you tried to move Forest from like Shire to Shire into like Leicestershire, you would, um like, as I said, rise in the streets. Like the this club is just like so key in everybody's lives and it's not a sport and it's very difficult to explain to somebody who doesn't get it like if you're like oh it's just a game it's just a sport you're not going to really understand no matter how hard I try to understand like explain the passion to like those people but this club is integral into everybody's lives like a story I always tell people to try and explain it um to people who don't understand like football culture um and so my dad is a very typical like English unemotive man you know and when we got promoted we were at um New York City has a forest supporters club that I'm like um a part of and we went to that and they have a pub obviously like our home pub it's called Smithfield and it's fabulous if anybody's ever in New York um and my dad and I went to watch the match because we couldn't get to Wembley he had a work comp I don't even remember um and so the, the whistle blow and I like turn to my dad and he just like puts his hand like facing his hands and he starts crying. And I have only ever seen my dad cry once in my life. And it was when my dog died. Not when, unfortunately, like my grandma passed away, his mom. He was upset, but he doesn't cry. And I was like, what is going on? Like, even to me, like, obviously, Forrest is a big part of my life, but not being entirely from Nottingham definitely plays a role in how it factors into my life and the championship wasn't um, broadcast in the States until I was 13 or 14. So we didn't even get to watch it for most of my life. I was, my dad and I were reading and stuff like that. Um, so, but he grew up in the city, like um, right outside of West Bridgeford. And um, as I said, he had a season ticket and everything like that with his dad and his dad passed. So 
it's just such, was such a massive part of him. And I think being able to watch me watch them get promoted for like the first time in my life. Um, and it's a big connection that my dad and I have. And then first time in 23 years, I just was like, oh my God. And this even actually was like crying. So that's another thing that I use to try and describe to people like how important this football club is to everybody that supports it. Because in the interviews I've been doing for my thesis, it's kind of the same stories over and again. And not in a bad way, but it just like heightens and bolds and exemplifies what this club means to everybody and what promotion meant and everybody the second the whistle blew at Wembley like it's almost the same story you turn to your people there because who is there whether they're friends or family they are your family so like you're turning to them and you're crying or you're screaming and the videos I have of people just like absolutely pure shock on their face because it had been so long and for a lot like people in my generation we had never been able to see that and for people who like got the Frank Clark years, but it obviously was short-lived as well. Um, and Billy Davis, again, um, short-lived and we never quite got there. So there were some good years, but this was just so crucial to everybody who supports the club because it was so different than what a lot of us had lived, had been able to live through or people who lived through Brian Clough, obviously, a long time ago at this point. So that's kind of the things that I use to like, explain people. This is what this football club means to people. It's not a sports club. It is a family. It is a massive community and we're all connected in some way mm. yeah you, i know you've interviewed greg as well and, and i think you two temps and you've interviewed former yeah. players as well what did you learn from the players that you spoke to um so the thing that i've learned the most is kind of or the the questions that i wanted to ask the most was what is it like to play in the city ground because that's something most of us fans won't get is to hear Malav Kintar. Obviously, you hear it, you hold up the scarf, it means a lot to you. But to be like stood in the middle of the pitch and hear, I kind of that's where my question aimed. And I want to leave like what their reaction was for the thesis because it was really cool to hear them say it. But it's it was different than what I expected and and what it meant to like the players and the, the, a lot of their response was just how you can feel the support radiating from the fans and how being in the city ground like you're not just playing to win, like you're playing for every supporter that's there because they could feel the energy of like what it's like to support the club. They can feel it radiating from the fans and the energy, obviously, um, like um, matter cannot be created or destroyed or whatever. And I believe that like the energy expelling off the people, like they can feel it. And another thing that I learned that was really interesting because this is something I never thought about was that when the players stand up, and like you can hear the rattling of the seats against like the seats itself. That's something I had not thought about. And that's something they said that like they played for as well, just to hear the hear the rattle of the seats and the fans standing up out of excitement was something that they played for and they wanted to hear at the city ground. So that was really interesting because I had never given that a thought before. So that was a cool little, oh yeah, like that makes sense. That must be a cool noise, a cool thing to get excited about. How many games have you been to this season out of curiosity? Um, just two. Because um, I had uni all the way from August to December. I got on break uh, the 20th. I spent Christmas with, Christmas with my family in New Jersey. Then I flew back here beginning of January. So I've only been here um, for the two Blackpool games. So I've been to those. And then I'll be at Arsenal next week. How have you found it? Um, like you talk about a family, sometimes families fight. Um, there was a the Twitter online, you know, the online community, uh, Forest, it got pretty fractured around the latter days of Steve Cooper. Is that a part? Of, I mean, is that part of sports culture as well, regrettably? 
Yeah, 100%. And one of the things that I do dislike the most about the whole social media thing, I do post on Twitter a lot and I do like the aspect of Twitter and that I've spoken to people I would have never spoken to if it wasn't for it. Um, but attacking your own fans, like for their opinions, like I will post something about a certain player or a game and I'll get like personally attacked because of my opinion, I'm because of my opinion. And I'm like, we're supposed to be like in this together. Enough people are fighting against us. You know, we saw against Brentford, the amount of people that like attacked everybody for being upset at Ivan Tony moving the ball. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and so I'm like, why are we coming for each other? You know what I mean? Like, express your opinion. Express that you disagree with me. But you don't need to, like, attack me as a woman or attack me as an American. Like, oh, the American flag in your bio, like, immediately discredits anything you say. I'm like, really? Like, is that the way that, like, it's 2024. Do we still think that way? I guess some people do. And I've just come, I used to, like, argue with them. And it used to, like, actually affect me. But I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I'm not going to change your mind. You know, if you're saying this about me, you don't know me, number one, as a person, in the slightest, not even close. You know maybe a little bit of my Twitter account. So, and, like, number two, if you're not going to bother to, like, scroll through my Twitter and see that, I do, in general, know what I'm talking about in the football sense. I have played since I was three. I have been a supporter my whole life and talked about this stuff with my dad my entire life. Like, if you're not going to bother to look at that, I'll just block you. And I've gotten really quick with the block button because, again, like, I'm not going to change your mind. And I've I've come to realize that if somebody's saying something like that, it's inherent in kind of their thinking. You know, if you're attacking me as a woman liking football, like, I've gotten the thing where it's like, oh, too many birds are in football nowadays. And I'm just like, okay, block. Like, I'm not changing your mind. I'm not going to. I'm not going to try to. It's not worth my breath. It's not worth the time of day. I just simply don't care. And so I'm very, I've gotten just super, super quick with the block button because, <clears throat> excuse me. Wait, <clears throat> um, because it's just like, I'm just like, why? This is so not worth it for me. I love the Twitter community and the like the people that I follow and the friends that I've made on Twitter. Like, sometimes I don't agree with what they say, but I'll just be like, oh, I think XYZ would be better in that position. And then if they turn out to like be right, I'll go back to that um, comment and be like, hey, good shout. Like they played well in XYZ position this game, you know? And I'm all right admitting that sometimes what I originally thought was not right. And um, again, that's something I've had to learn over time throughout Twitter is like not to get defensive if my original thought was wrong. And I've gotten better at that. And like, it's just simple as not letting it get to like my ego or whatever. I'm just like, okay, like, it's okay that I was wrong, that you had the like better shout in this sort of instance. And like, just back to where I was at in the beginning that if you're a Forest fan attacking another Forest fan personally, what do you like what is the point in that like we're supposed to be a family we're supposed to be a community we want the same goal in the end we all want to stay promoted or stay up um and we all want to see the club do well so why what is the point in attacking somebody for like who they are as a person again just say oh i disagree with that opinion i think this would be better and i can either like assess it and agree or assess it and continue to disagree and then we move on like, it, it should be as simple as that. And it's unfortunate that it's not. And me saying this isn't going to really change anything. And, like, I can acknowledge that and it's okay. But it just stinks, you know. It's just unfortunate that we can't just all, like, be in a little bit of harmony. But it is what it is. Has it gotten, uh, has it gotten better over the last few years or worse? I mean, I think about 93% of the people who listen, I know the demographics, who listen to the podcast are, uh, are men. And a lot of them are from Nottingham, so not America, obviously. Has there been an evolution in how fans treat you or not? 
Oh, it's gotten worse. It's definitely gotten worse. Because since I posted the thesis thing, I've gotten like 800 more followers or something like that. So it's 100% gotten worse. Um, Like, but at the same time, I've gotten better at letting things go. You know, like I know who I am. I know who I am, like as a person in my hard work, in my football knowledge. And I've gotten to the point where it really doesn't bother me anymore. Um, and again, as I said, I just block. But no, it's definitely gotten worse. And especially the American thing. That's the thing that gets to me most is when people immediately discredit what they, they say because I'm half American, because I lived in America majority. Like, I am American. And I used to get really, like, offended at that. But um, and it used to upset my mom. She'd be like, why do you not like being? It's not that. It's just that people won't take me seriously as a woman, as an American woman. Like those are two things in the football world that like are looked down upon, you know, and I can admit that. And especially in the era of like all this Joey Barton stuff. I don't know if I can mention his name, but it's. I mean, it's yeah, say what they want here. Um, it's that's just another layer of like he's enabling those people that think this way. He's adding onto a layer of, oh, if this man who used to be a professional footballer and is now a professional pundit thinks this way, it's okay that I think this way, you know? And it just makes it so much worse. And like, I can have my opinion about Joey Barton. It's not going to change how he thinks. It's not going to change how the people that support him thinks, but it just makes it so much worse and it's difficult. And it's 2024, you kind of think that we were past this. We are entering an age of equality. America has the title... Title 16, I believe it's called, which is the equal pay for the two national teams, which was massive. That was one of the coolest days of my life because obviously the American women, I do support England, but I love to see the American um, women thrive as well. Um, Once they got equal pay, because obviously they've been, they were, I wouldn't say they are anymore, but they were the best in the world for years on end. And for them to make less than the American men who didn't make the World Cup was like absurd. And so that was one of the coolest days of my life. So there is progression and we do see every day things are getting better for women, but it's like a one step forward, two steps back idea when you have people like Joey Barton just spewing that nonsense into the world and enabling people who already think that way. Um, we'll finish up talking about your thesis and move on to a bit of forest chat. When When's it out? Because I know it's basically like a documentary. Will you put it out for people to see when it's done? Yeah, 100%. I'll put it on my Twitter. Um, um, and that will, it will be done beginning to middle of May is when it's due, right around when I graduate um, from uni. Um, I'll have like a rough cut in April, but I probably won't put it out till about mid-May. Yeah, yeah. There's a trailer on your Twitter. What, what is your Twitter, by the way? From at... Ruby T. Nailer. It's my thing right there. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So if people want to check it out, it's like a documentary. I call it a thesis, which might put people off in a sense. But um, yeah, it's like a documentary. Basically. It is, yeah, it's a documentary. But yeah, um, so. Let's finish up five minutes or so just talking about this season. Um, what are your thoughts on it, uh, where we're heading? And what's your thoughts on the goalkeeping situation, obviously? Because obviously there's an American in goal who you really would want to do well. I know we have an Irish fan who really wants Omar Bamadeli to do well because you feel it connects to those people. So what's your take on the goalkeeping situation and, and where we are in general? It's weird. I should feel a lot more of a connection with Matt Turner than I do because my cousin went to the same high school with him at the same time. And the high school that I went to was like a rival with his high school. Like we did in American football ways, wise, which I didn't ever go to an American football game in my high school, which people are like, what? Like that's such a big thing on TV, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't care. But they were like massive rivals. Um, so I should feel a connection to him. But I don't. It's really weird. Again, growing up, um, uh, like the English side of me is the football fan side. Like I grew up with my dad, who's a massive, massive, massive England fan. My mom, 
my, even my mom, American, supports England because my dad does. Like, she was never a football fan. So the, like, I know, I wish, I kind of do wish I had that connection to him because it would be so cool to be, like, extremely excited about American being on the TV. But when I saw it, I was like, it was more of like a, oh, good for him. Like, because he started, I'm sure all the people know the story about that now. Like, he mm-hmm. started um, when he was 16, like, which is really late for a Premier League um footballer to make it and so I was like wow like that is ridiculously impressive to start at 16 and 10 like 10 or 12 years later be in the Premier League like it was more of an excitement in that way than it was for the American side but um in terms of the goalkeeping situation in general I'll leave that up to the manager and see if he thinks we need a new one then I trust what he thinks um he hasn't seen us really wrong um yet so I I trust what Nuno is doing um and in terms of staying up in terms of like the overall um sense of forest i do think we have a strong team and obviously we did bring in some really massive names i think alenga is a key key signing i think danielo from palmeiras was key as well which a lot of people i think agree on um with me um and so we brought in some big names that have made a difference obviously some have made a little less of a difference um but gives white still just a massive presence in there and i think having yates as the captain is really crucial as well because you have the boy who came through the academy ranks and we saw after the Arsenal game what this meant for him and that he resonates with the fans and that this is just as important to him as it is to us because there are some players obviously from Brazil who might not have that inherent connection but the captaincy being on Ryan Yates arm like means everything to me I think if we or when we stay up it's because of him and because he has explained to everybody how important it is to us and him that like this football club in general and being in the Premier League is massive for us. And obviously Maranakis is doing everything he can. He's been funneling the money and whether it breached rules or not is not for me to say, but he has shown time and time again, he wants this club to succeed. So I think those two things are so key right now. And I do think that will stay up mainly accredited to Ryan Yates and Maranakis, honestly. Um, there's some talk of selling Gibbs White. Well, there's some talk of Newcastle wanting to buy Gibbs White, which is a different thing. Could we? Could you conceive selling him this window, no. or would that be crazy? No, I think that would be absurd. I mean, we do have obviously we saw against um, uh, Blackpool and then against Brentford. Oh, I completely, um, completely forgot about the Brentford. No, I didn't mention it. Ivan Tony, whatever. Um, obviously, we saw Yates played like a weird-ish number ten slash nine eight excuse me, not nine, obviously, a 10 slash eight false nine thing against Blackpool. I wasn't really sure where he was supposed to be. He was really floating in there, but I thought he did well. And I thought Danilo, um, Danilo did fantastic against Brentford in the number 10 position. Obviously, that goal was insane. So we do, I guess, technically have options, but I, I think it would be stupid. I think it would be really, really silly to let Gibbs White go because this project of promotion, obviously, he's been with us since um, beginning of last season, beginning of first season back in the Prem. And I think it would be silly. This project has been centered around him through Stevie Cooper. And I even think I see it through um, Nuno as well, that he is crucial to this team moving forward. I don't think they would even consider it based on what I've seen um, from Nuno, etc. I don't think they'd consider it, but I think it would be silly if they did it. Um, just lastly, how do you feel about the FA Cup? Uh, you're not, it doesn't sound like you're a huge fan of NFL or NBA or anything like that. Well, they have no cup competition, so it's a slightly different question. But are you bothered about the FA Cup or is it all about the Premier League this year? Yeah, no, I'm definitely bothered. Um, it is something, I mean, it's a trophy in the cabinet at the end of the day. Oh, but the NBA did have something this year called the in-season tournament, which is kind of like a cup, but 
I, I digress. Um, <laughs> I do like the NBA a little bit, but again, digress. Um, I do love the FA Cup, and I think it means a lot um, to English people as well. My dad played in the FA Cup on a really, really, really low-level team when he was younger, but, you know, it's all the teams in the FA. Um, so that's another thing that's cool as well. If I can be like, I saw my favorite team win a cup that my dad played in, you know. Um, but case sera, sera, you know, that's the way it goes. Uh, right, I think we shall leave it there. I must give a plug for our sponsors, as ever, the Trent Navigation Inn. Uh, what shall we plug today? Uh, curry night. Is, is it, yeah, are you a big curry fan, Ruby? Is, is curry a thing in America? Not is it not like it is here, but I do love curry. I don't really get to it in the States because it tastes so different. It tastes really just like fake, but I do love curry. When I come back to the UK, I always get to it at least a couple of times. What's your take on English chocolate versus US chocolate oh my God. versus Cadbury's? Head and shoulders above. People who say Hershey's have simply never had good chocolate. I cannot eat Hershey's. Like, unless it's in a s'more and you're not really tasting it, I cannot eat it. It just tastes, it tastes like chemically sweet. And I just don't like it after. I'm a big flake fan. Um, um, and it's just so different. There's nothing like it. And it's just very disappointing when I go back to the States. I always bring... Um, um some dairy milk back oh and pepper pigs as well i really like pepper pigs people What's are like pepper what, pigs? what? Pigs? you have kids no um um mns so it's like the little oh pigs. yeah yeah the little chocolate on the stick uh lollies yeah no, it, no i mean yeah pepper, it has become like like it has added on top of it but it's like little gummies and they're uh, really okay. big and then they've turned it into like bed sheets and like you said they make chocolate coins and stuff now they're like white chocolate that they dye pink or whatever my little cousin loves them but peppa pigs are like i don't know just little gummies and they're good but no cadbury's head and shoulders completely above any chocolate even if you get like a cadbury's in america unless you order it online like you just get it from like a supermarket it tastes nothing like like real good british cadbury's and it's that's one of the things i miss the most and good chips as well chips are fine in america but they're like real like thick like meaty potato Chips, not in America, really. Not fish and chips either. We were going on oh, the vegetarian. But um, my dad is always disappointed every time he orders fish and chips in America. He's like, I've never once. He's been there. He's lived there for like 30-something years. I think longer than he lived in England, actually, at this point. But he's never once had a fish and chips that rivals um, British fish and chips. <laughs> Well, that's a weird note to end on, but uh, an interesting one, certainly. So if you've liked this, do us a favour, as ever, hit like and subscribe. Give us a good review on iTunes. I do read them all. We've had loads, 228 now or something. So I uh, appreciate that. And I do, yeah, read them all, like I say. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with um, Tom Colomossi, who's the Midlands football writer for the Daily Mail. We'll talk the season and we'll talk transfers because there's so much, well, there's not much going on on that front, but there might be. This is Forest, so there probably will be come the 31st of January. But uh, in the meantime, thanks very much for joining us. Ruby, thank you for joining me. Really appreciate it. And good luck finishing off uh, the thesis. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. A pleasure. I talk a lot, so I just I just talk. <laughs> no, well, that's what we're about. We'd struggle if we didn't talk. But no, it's good. It's good. Right, have a good day, everyone. Hopefully you can join us tomorrow. And in the meantime, we shall see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.